Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 419 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 419. So each week, we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. Let's do a quick recap of our weekly live TV show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality Channel TV station. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. Our tools for review this week, there are three of them. Two of them are actually familiar. The first one especially so. Let's dive right into them. Is Serpstat. S-E-R-P-S-T-A-T dot com. Serpstat is a very, very useful SEO tool platform. You connect it to your website. You connect it to your analytics, GA4. And it does a absolutely excellent job of really identifying the functionalities of your website. Um, you take the time to make sure that you have correct keywords, terminologies. It goes through all the other stuff as well when it comes to the technical functions of H1s and refs and so forth, anchor text and what have you. But it also does a very, very good job of looking at your competitive set once you've identified them with the help of the tool and with other tools we've discussed in the podcast before. Um to identify who exactly you want to compare yourself to. And then it does a very good job of keeping track of those competitive uh, sets into against you in very good usable formats and form. Uh, gives you great comparative analysis, your positioning changes, and so forth based on your uh, organic visibility and what have you. So that is serpstat.com. Now, second tool. Also discussed, not as often as Serpstat, but one that is very valuable for today's discussion, and that is Brandalyzer.com, B-R-A-N-A-L-Y-Z-E-R.com. Brandalyzer.com is a robust version of SEO, uh, of Serpstat, for a different reason. It is not so much about the technical specifications of success of your website as to functionalities, 404s, 301 redirects, uh, linkage, and, and deep links, and so forth, although it certainly does all of that. It really is an interesting addition with AI, especially, to have a comparative analysis of what your brand is on the multiplicities of the platforms it is represented on, including social. It also talks about people that are diluting your brand, uh, places that are extorting your brand, people that are copycatting your brand. Uh, it does a very good job of also determining your backlink structures and your keyword structures and your comp set structures and your SEO optimizations and your content relevance and your content exclusions. It has a very robust way of gathering a tremendous amount of different sources of data, plus also competitive data on all of those levels when it comes to organic and, what, and traffic and linkage and SEO 
and, and what have you. And when I say what have you, meaning the technical side of it as well, but not so much on the paid side. This is not a representation of the paid component associated with that. The third tool for today, oh, by the way, that they, um, the tool by spelling it brandalizer.com, second tool. Okay, third tool, Grow App. Now, we have talked about a tool like Grow App called Social Insider many, many, many times over the years. It is my go to tool. Grow App is beginning to be the tool that I prefer more than Social Insider. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, Social Insider keeps finding ways of monetizing what they used to have included into their platform. Bothers the bejeebers out of me. The amount of searches you can do now get quantified. The diversity of the uh, things that you're looking at now has to get charged for. They're beginning to squeeze tighter and tighter the cost factors of using their tool than before when they used to have it as a part of their tool without it having to be incremented in cost. They've changed their tier structures, then they've restricted their tier structures. Social Insider is still a great tool, still my go-to tool as my first one that did the work that it does. But uh, Grow App, which I found on AppSumo, which you always know in the link in the podcast, there's a link to go to it. I, and you can find these tools. But Grow App is really good because it's kind of taken on the mantle of what Social Insider used to do inclusively to what it now charges differently to now doing, and I think actually a better job because it expands more of what it finds for you in comparison to what you're currently doing, where Social Insider would show you historically what's been going on, all the engagements, time of day, types of engagements, values of engagements for all social uh, all the social platforms you put on it of your competitors and yourself, it was hard to kind of toggle back and forth between your screen, their screen as to what they look like compared to what you look like. Um, especially when they restricted it that only one user under your login could go in the platform at a time. Before, I used to put it on two different computers and look screen to screen and try to compare them. What's nice about Grow App is that it allows you to make the comparison on the platform itself, which makes it much more useful for us just to see how I look as a social media content provider, our rank rankings, our engagements, in comparison to our competitors that we're looking at. Right down to the calendar functions, which allows us to see how we post in comparison to how they post it. And it shows a great chance of information and insights on competitive analysis, competitive content, um, their scheduling programs, their engagement programs. And this is all related to their social media platforms. And that is Grow App. G-R-O-W-A-P-P dot digital. That is the website for it. So that is our three tools for this week. SerpStat.com, Brandalyzer.com, and GrowApp.digital. And that brings us to our technique discussion of the week. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. So our technique discussion this week is what is real data and where do you find it? Well, spoiler alert, our three tools are obviously going to be used in our discussion. Um, but let's talk about the term real data. Real data is a lot different than opinions, a lot different than perspective, a lot different than implied, a lot different than uh, the politics of convincing someone else your opinion or perspective. Real data is data. Data is of itself a number. Now, it can be warped and twisted. It can be manipulated. It can be referred to or excluded, depending upon the argument being made in relationship to it. But data as its own stands as is. It's the science of our marketing voodoo. 
It's the realities of the numbers rather than the the implication of them. Now, real data has to be used when it comes to making quantified decisions. Last week's podcast, we talked about uh, using like platforms like Giru and Influencer and so forth, where we were taking hard numbers of traffic and hard numbers of conversion and hard numbers of channel production and costs and revenue generations and creating formulas and models uh, with it to determine strategies of performance and, and, and functions and logistics of implementing our marketing strategies. That requires real data, which is why we're talking about it this week. Real data is about taking real numbers. What was my real traffic numbers? What was my real engagement numbers? What was my real conversion numbers? What were my real costs of those conversions? What was my real value generated from those conversions? Those are real numbers. Where do you get real numbers, real data from? SERPstat, as an example, gives you real numbers as to what your traffic truly is coming to you for. What is the terms that are being used? What is the traffic sources that it's going to? Now, of course, you can look at GA4 data. You can look at your engagements with your website. That is of its own value and merit. What you're looking at with SERPstat is how, based on what you're identifying, what you're trying to do, how well do you do it? See, GA4 will tell you what your website is doing, but SERPstat will tell you what you think you're doing and the reality of that translation. It gives you a real number that says you really wanted to be on this keyword, but you're not good at it. Your, your content is not relevant to that term or those contexts of terms and where you think you're really doing well for it your competitor is doing better that's numbers that ga4 doesn't show you your your ga4 won't show you what your competitor is doing in comparison to you it'll show you what you're doing and then you have to understand whether that's what you wanted to do by what you're showing up for and then you have to go look and see if those are the terms you need to change or the content you need to change to match up to it or is it just the default remember ga4 reports what's actually happening serp stat as a tool would tell you what you're trying to do for it if you're putting in keywords and terms that you want better to be at it's going to compare how you're doing progressively as you keep modifying your content or your navigation or your your value to those keyword terms as it compares to your competitors it's a measuring tool of variances it's a measuring tool of success and it's a discovery tool of what you're limited or excelling at when it comes to your organic presence. That's an example of using SERPstat to get real data from. If you look at Brandalyzer, even more so on top of that, because then you're going to be looking at all the bleed factors of your competitors. You're looking at what you as a brand stand for, but what outside of your brand is actually producing the traffic you either would like to have, don't want to have, or in some way have to share because you can't become the dominant authority in it. That goes to places that are trying to alternately sell you, destinations that are trying to act like you, uh, other properties that might try to emulate you or duplicate you or better, worse yet, try to poach from you. Brandalizer gives you real numbers that show what you're doing what they're doing and what the variance is so that you can actually refer, take that number and use it maybe to determine loss of revenue, maybe determine potential revenue. Those variances are those tools, those real points of data that get used 
in your analysis of things like when you put it into Giru saying, hey, we notice there's a 20,000 numbered volume of people for these terms that we are trying to improve our content value for that if we were successful and we were to get an extra 40% or 50% or 10% of that additional traffic that we're missing right now translated on this channel at this cost, at this conversion, at this revenue of value for the conversion would mean this much more incremental revenue. That's all real data that you can get from using these types of tools. So that's an example of using Brandalizer for coming up with real data. Grow app is literally the same, but now focused only on social. What is it that we're doing comparison to our competitors by having Grow app tell us what we're doing differently? What are they succeeding at that we might be, maybe we change our frequency of content. Maybe we include a new content timeline where we might have been talking about events and uh, off the beaten path in culinary, we might want to include family or soft adventure conversations because we see our competitors doing it and their engagement is producing numbers that if we take those numbers and say that we could replicate or bleed from those, those are both models you can create in a platform like Gear, like we talked about last week, then you can say, if I get 10% of that traffic at this conversion cost, at this revenue value, this is my variance that this could generate for me if I were to do more of that type of content. By the same token, if you got more percentage or if you couldn't make that percentage or if you lost a percentage of what you were good at because your competitor is taking it away from you, what is the potential lost revenue if you don't compensate for what they're competing with you on? This is real data usage. That's where you find it from when you use things like SerpStat, Brandalizer, Grow App, and applications that are similar to it. You're looking for these numbers that you can use to math out the impact of that effort or the lack of that effort or the change of the strategy. You're putting real numbers, real data points. You're not just saying, hey, you know, our competitors are really pushing that XYZ flower festival. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe it's worth it for us to chase it down. Let's put some ads out there and see if we get business. I hear that all the time and I cringe because first off, you're putting ads out with no relevant content. So you're immediately going to have, if any, just barely any success, just out of curiosity, not out of a value. If you're going to do that, you have to look at what it's going to take to do it right. What is their organic traffic compared to what you don't have? And if that's organic traffic and you're going to try to poach it from them, how much more traffic than just what they're generating, because they might not be doing a really good job, but is there out there? That's where you look at trend stuff. Remember uh, two shows back, podcasts, we talked about Trend Watcher as a platform, looking and seeing how much interest is in the event itself, as an, the example we're carrying here. And if so, how much is the competitors actually getting? They might be just scratching the surface and they're not really good at it. And you could totally dominate it if you want to invest in, well, we have to create content pages about the event. And the content pages have to be relevant about us. And we have to add social to that. Who else in socials in the space doing this kind of stuff? Is there videos about it? And you start using things like BitMarketWatcher uh, Bit to, to look at the videos and see who's producing content around this event that you might be either able to you know, ride the coattails on or make your own generated content if you think you're good enough to do that kind of stuff. That's where all of this real data generates from, is using these types of decision models by gathering correct data, saying what would we do if or what do we do need to do for, and then taking those into real numbers, real data points, and mathematically creating the value proposition of what they represent. So not to dive too deep onto it because we don't try to go too much in around the rabbit holes so much on the podcast, but keep it with the technique discussions of the tools. Our technique discussion is what is real data and where do you find it?
Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So our live show discussion today was calculating potential growth with actual data. As you can see, it's symbiotic to our podcast conversation today, where we're talking about what is real data and the tools, the SERP stats, the brand analyzers, grow apps as examples that are indicative of tools. There are other tools for all of those categories of things. They're just the three tools that I, I functionally work with as in, with others to answer the questions of the products that they provide, the information that they provide. In the live show, we talked about the potential revenues. It's a missed, it's a missed opportunity in discussion. So many times, it's never talked about by making this decision. What did we cost by not doing something else? What what potential revenue did we lose by making a different decision? What potential costs did we uh, incur by making the current decision? Or in contrast, the other decision we didn't take. And and depending on how many choices we had. Did anybody math any of all of those out to make a real comparison chart that says option one is this, option two is this, option three is this, and really compared cost, opportunity value, long terms, whatever the categories of requirements are for it, those two being the biggest, obviously, is cost and revenue, um, to look at real data with it. Like, okay, if we're going to chase that down, how much are we going to spend? How much are we going to make off of that spend? Okay, and how does that compare to a different decision with the same cost and revenue values applied to it as well? That calculation of potential growth with actual data, I just don't see it. Do not see it enough in our world. Do not see it enough in dialogues of people that are at the level of position that they should be doing this. This is something that should be in their head. If somebody comes up with an idea, then these people at the level that I deal with and talk to at C-levels and exec levels and so forth, or directors of the departments or what have you, should already be grinding math in their head saying, well, they're probably going to be listening. My best suited, based on the context of what the question is, my best production channels are X, Y, and Z. My, uh, my cost of channels X, Y, and Z are Z and Z1 and Z2. And so for if I'm going to create that revenue potential, I need to invest, you know, uh, a variant factor of, of, of M into it. And that means that it's going to have to be, have a yield of that. But the diminished value, because I'm already at my percentage of voice, means I'm not going to get as much money for it. So I'm going to have a diminished value of return. These are math numbers that should be running in people's heads at the level that making the decision. Unfortunately, you see too often it's an opinion of success tainted with politics. The opinion of success is what are the odds, like I'm a bookie, that this is going to work? Not, and the odds are usually based on math. This is just based on guesstimation and opinion. Well, my odds are I'm thinking, well, we probably could spend more money and paid, and it'd probably do pretty well if it continues to hold at its current conversion, you know. And, and these rounded guess numbers are terrible. They're terrible. And then on top of it, there's the political aspect of, well, if I go all in and say I'm, I'm all behind it and it fails, then I'm going to I'm going to lose some political collateral. I'm going to I'm going to get some marks on my record of having backed the wrong horse. So let me just act like if it works, I'll be happy to say that I, I was supportive of it. And if it fails, I will be the first to point out how I wasn't a fan of it. That deniable culpability we talk about, talked about on the show again today as well. Um, that's the danger of all of these things when you start doing guesstimations of numbers. Why not do it with numbers? Let's do it with numbers. And yes, there's always variances. You can't 
be 100% accurate, but you have good confidences that, you know, with the numbers that we're taking and the expectations we have from these numbers and modeling in the way that we do, we have a, we, we even put a number to that, a confidence factor. Anything over 80% confidence means there's a very good chance that what we're talking about is probably going to happen. You start getting into a 90% range, it's almost a certainty. Nothing's absolutely a certainty, but it's close to a certainty like, man, that's fish in a barrel for us. If you take real data and apply it to what is actually being asked in the revenue potential and cost potential on all the options you're considering, it turns into a very straightforward. And then at that point, if people have issues with, well, uh, that number we used, I'm just, I know it's the real number for historical, but September has been quirky and XYZ happens. And if this political influencer out thing that this or this economic thing happens, there's always those variables. But then at that point, it's an objective interpretation rather than an opinionated political decision. So don't want to take fire away from the live show discussion. Totally uh, wish that you would listen to it in its complete entirety of calculating potential growth with actual data. We went down those rabbit holes with it over the show. I was uh, very much enjoying the context of the show, uh, which always goes to the fact that, that you can always catch our show uh, and all of our shows and the podcast and all of our podcasts um, on uh, our website platform, hospitalitychannel.tv. It's our, our I Love Lucy rerun platform for everything that we do. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't catch our podcast on all 39 platforms that it's on, things like Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, so forth and so on. You can catch our podcast, this, on any of those at any time, but you can also catch, oh, even on um, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri, you just have to ask them to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast. Um, but you can also catch on our TV station, uh, the live shows. You just go to, uh, whether you ever use Roku, Google TV, Apple TV, Amazon TV, um, Samsung, LG, any smart TV, look for the hospitality channel. The live show is always on the free side of it. There is a pay gateway for some really cool content, but if you, you know, not to push it, you don't need to, to get subscribed to it to, uh, to pay to, for the subscription, I should say, to watch the live show. You can always watch it there. Um, if for the podcast, like I said, we're on 39 platforms, the TV channel, um, is in 209 countries. We translate everything in 11 languages. If you, uh, like our podcast, uh, by all means, please uh, rate us. It helps others find us and leave us comments, hopefully good ones, and it also helps people find us. And we always take, I take personally, every email that gets sent for the podcast or the live show, which is where these talking tweaks actually came from, is some of the emails and our hospitality uh, marketing club. We at hospitalitymarketing.club. If you're a uh, hospitality marketing professional, you can sign up there and join our peer group where we talk about these things and go through modalities. It's, it's not a basic like somebody that needs to learn the program. It's somebody that already is doing these things and needs to talk to a peer group that they can have more advanced questions and dialogue with. Um, also, you can join us uh, if you have an audio. We, every week we pose a question on our audio feedback, which is at hdm.news forward slash talkback. You can answer the question and or just leave your own comments. Again, I answer each and everything that comes through our emails. Um, if this is your first time hearing a podcast, please, by all means, smash the subscribe button on whatever platform of the 39 that we're on. And that means you will get a weekly, daily dose, weekly dosage of our podcast each and every week. We've been doing the podcast for 17 years, 10 years weekly. Uh, and our live show, we've been doing weekly for 10 years as well. So uh, tons of content to go backwards on, lots of tools. We have books out. We have several books out, actually. Articles as well, blog posts on the regular basis. And we always simulcast our live show 
on the TV stations, obviously, but uh, also on Facebook, on several pages. Lots of them are association pages and so forth as well. Uh, YouTube channels, same thing. Uh, LinkedIn, only on one, which is my profile one. And then uh, on X, formerly Twitter. And even on Twitch, if you use your gaming console for your media, you can find us there as well. And every Friday, 1130 a.m., we broadcast our live show this week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. Uh, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, we recast it. 11.30 a.m. Sydney, Australian time for our APAC friends. 11.30 a.m. Wednesday, London time for our EU and Mideast friends. So with that, my name is Lauren Gray. I thank you for the privilege of your time, and I look forward to talking to you all next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 419, brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved copyright 2023. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.